Truly, I have had many wonderful, loving, significant, influential women in my life. And I would love to pay tribute to all of them. Uh, however, today I'm going to focus on my maternal grandmother. My grandmother was blessed with a wonderful name, Grace. Her full name was Grace Arvilla Hudson. Now, I won't comment on her middle name except to say that no one is perfect. But along with the rest of her grandkids, I called her Mama Grace. On December 31, 2006, she died at the age of 99. In Romans 5.20, Paul makes one of his most memorable and controversial statements. He says, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. Here's the complete statement. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? This text assures us that nothing can outdo God's grace. Even the opposite of grace cannot overcome it. By its nature, Grace only increases with the need. And that means that no matter what happens and no matter what we do, we'll always have grace. I learned a lot about grace from Mama Grace. And I learned it more from what she did than what she taught. When I was a kid, my cousins and I loved going to Mama Grace's house. That was especially true at Christmas time. Mama Grace loved having her grandchildren stay overnight and open presents with the entire family on Christmas morning. So for several Christmases, Christmas Eves in a row, my Cousin Joanne, her brother Steve, my brother Doug, and I would roll out our sleeping bags on Mama Grace's front room floor and try to go to sleep. We would whisper to each other for a while, then, as my brother remembers, we would sometimes fake being asleep so that Mama Grace would tiptoe into the room and fill our stockings. I think she realized what was happening because in later years we always had to sleep downstairs. 
what anticipation we had as we awoke starry-eyed on Christmas morning. Mama Grace always provided wonderful goodies, candy and popcorn balls, along with the obligatory healthy stuff like apples, oranges, and nuts, in our stockings hung from the mantle above her fireplace. And of course, there were many more presents under the tree. I can still remember the slightly giddy and impatient joy as we opened each one and squealed with joy and Mama Grace looked on, her face lit up with joy, surrounded by the family that she loved. There was nothing quite as wonderful as Christmas morning at Mama Grace's house. Now, you might be tempted to say that Mama Grace was loved because of the presents she gave. But you would be wrong. And you would also miss the point. Mama Grace did not give in order to win our love. She already had our love. She gave because she enjoyed giving. And her grandchildren received her presents not because they deserved them, but because they were freely given. And that is how grace works. You see, kids naturally live on grace. I think that's what Jesus had in mind when he said, you must become as a little child in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, I know there's been a number of theories over the years. You know, maybe Jesus was talking about, you know, how trusting kids are. Well, newsflash, kids are not always that trusting. Uh, maybe it's because kids are always innocent. Another newsflash, that ain't true either. Uh, or maybe Jesus was just saying kids are cute. <laughs> well, the truth is, being as a child in Jesus' terms, means you depend on grace. You see, kids receive presents for no other reason than because they are given. It's only when we become adults that we stop learning and stop giving grace. You see, as adults, we rarely give or receive Christmas presents. Instead, we exchange them. Kids naturally receive grace. Indeed, their very survival depends upon it. You never hear a little boy talking to a friend saying, yeah, my dad got me this new bike, but I, I told him I can't accept charity. I'll pay him back somehow. Now, if you do hear a child talking that way, you can be sure that there's some parents there who have a very twisted idea of what it means to give a gift. When I was a kid, I realized that with Mama Grace, we'd always have presence. We'd always have grace. Another way Mama Grace taught me about grace was in her relationship to my grandfather, her husband. We called him Grampy. 
from, the, from their days at Lorewood Academy where they secretly got engaged during their senior year, they were in love. Of course, they had their ups and downs, like everyone. They were both quite human, and they had quite different dispositions. Grampy was the quintessential woodsman philosopher. With only a high school education, he continued to educate himself by reading. Among other areas, he became quite knowledgeable about U.S. history, especially the history of the Indians in the Western states. And for years, he taught a Bible class at the village church in College Place, Washington. Once a farmer in McMinnville, Oregon, he went to work in the logging industry to put his two girls through Lorewood Academy. And he remained a tree faller even after his girls went to college and even after they got married and had kids of their own. But in spite of the rough and often dangerous environment of the logging industry, he always maintained a gentle, philosophical, and spiritual attitude on life. Mama Grace, though, had her own ambitions. Besides being an impeccable housekeeper and adept at the sewing arts and many diverse crafts, she headed the Dorcas Foundation, later called Community Services, of the Village Church in College Place, Washington. She also became one of the charter members of a project called Dress a Living Doll, a charity providing clothes for kids later taken over by the Salvation Army. In behavior and self-evaluation, she could be quite a perfectionist. A couple of years before she died, I, I had a a little conversation with her about her health, and she explained to me at the age of 97 that she probably would be a lot healthier if it hadn't been for the fact that when she was younger, she ate too much candy, that we could all be so lucky. But in spite of being so different, Mama Grace and Grampy supported each other. Mama Grace gave Grampy something that qualifies as one of the most important gifts one person can give another. She gave him her approval. In fact, you could say they gave each other their approval. She was a classy lady. She might have preferred to stay in her home environment where she could keep house and dress up as she pleased, but every summer, she went with Grampy to the woods, and they stayed in their little trailer house together out there in the, in the wilderness. A lot of times it was in Northern California, the Tahoe area, uh, sometimes around by Quincy and uh, all those places. And I can remember being there uh, because it was a highlight of of our summer if we could go and stay with Mama Grace and Grampy in the woods. And I watched how my grandmother would not just stay around camp and, you know, keep house and so forth and take care of her grandkids, but she would go out to the woods where her husband was working and she would watch with obvious admiration and approval and see how he did things. Just as one small example, I remember he came to a tree and tree fallers uh, always 
have to cut down just the trees that are marked for them to cut down. And so as he came towards a tree that had been marked to cut down, uh, he noticed, as well as the rest of us, that it was leaning across a property line of some kind. Anyway, there was a barbed wire fence right there, and the tree was leaning to the other side of that fence. And we all, including Mama Grace, wondered how in the world is he going to fall that tree so that it stays on the same side of the fence that it's supposed to. Well, he set to work and cut the face at almost 90 degrees to where the tree was falling. And somehow, in my young mind, miraculously, that tree just leaned over and fell right where he wanted it to fall, on the right side of the fence. Mama Grace looked like she knew all along that it was going to happen that way. She was so proud. She, she was so loving and kind, and she is gone. But Grace is not gone. Grace will always live on. Her goal was to live until the Lord came, but though she sleeps now, her next conscious moment will be with the Lord. So she will, in a sense, get her wish. She looked forward to a time when God's grace would make, make everything right for eternity, when there would be no more dying or crying or pain or suffering. A time when we won't have to wait for a funeral for us all to get together to say nice things about each other. And throughout eternity, we will always have grace. I have, in the years since her memorial service, thought about that time, and I've thought about all the nice stories that we told and the memories that... Uh, my cousins and I shared together about Mama Grace and being at her house and being there on Christmas morning and all of that. Family gatherings are always interesting. Uh, they inevitably bring about all of these sharing of memories and analysis of family history. The memories we share at funerals are always good ones, as well they should be. The four grandchildren, including myself, had a lot of wonderful things to remember and to share. We agree. Our grandmother was a saint. In fact, it becomes easy to utter that familiar cliche, if anyone was ready to meet the Lord, she was. But I sense the need to correct what could be a most profound misunderstanding. Although I am convinced that she was indeed ready to meet the Lord, that is not because of her goodness or even the gifts of grace she gave throughout her life. Furthermore, although she certainly was a saint, 
By biblical definition, that simply means that God chose her, not that she achieved any sort of perfection and had a halo. Those who best knew Mama Grace knew that she was not perfect, even though she could be quite a perfectionist. How ironic it is that for human beings, the pathway to perfection becomes more elusive the harder we try to find it. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to discount the nice things we said at the memorial service. We meant every word, and I would not for one moment qualify any of them. But what I want to strenuously object to here is any implication that human goodness, graciousness, gifts of charity, or anything else is what makes one worthy of salvation. To the extent that Mama Grace resembled the way God gives gifts to his children, she becomes an appropriate illustration of God's grace. Oh, that the rest of us would be better illustrations. But being an illustration of grace is far different from being a standard of spiritual perfection. There is only one standard of perfection, and that is Jesus Christ. The gospel changes people. But we are not saved on the basis of changing. We are saved because God enjoys giving gifts to his children. Period. To really know that, not just intellectually, but on a gut level, makes living in God's presence even better than Christmas at Mama Grace's house.